Paul is is echoing what we've just been talking about, that the sufficiency that he had to do the things that he was doing was not of himself. Remember, he, he basically goes through in Philippians and says, if anybody has the opportunity to brag, if anybody has anything to brag about, it's me, but I count it all loss that I might gain Jesus Christ. And so, I, I think it's important for us to realize that whatever endeavor we are undertaking, uh, it's all about Jesus, and not about ourselves, and not about our own notoriety. If you could turn in your Bibles to the end of the book, uh, the end of the chap chapter 15 of the book of Acts, we will start our study today um, at verse 36. Verse 36 of Acts chapter 15, and this is detailing the split of Paul and Barnabas. Now. This has always been an interesting story for me because I don't feel like the scripture really gives a lot in the way of why it happened or the resolve of it. We will find out later that it is somewhat resolved though because this disagreement about John Mark, eventually Paul will say, send John Mark to me for he is useful. So we know that eventually things were resolved, but this disagreement turns out to be pretty sharp. Let's look first of all and read um, Acts 15, 36 to 39. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of God, the, where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him with him, who departed, who departed from them, from Pamphylia, and would not went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder, one from another, and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. So we have a situation here where uh, we're not real sure uh, why um, Mark left, but if we could look um, at a cross-reference in Acts 13, verse 13, if somebody could find that, and read that for us, Acts 13.13. 13. So again, this doesn't give a lot of detail. It just says that uh, John Mark, for whatever reason, departed from uh Paul and Barnabas and went back to where he was. And so, Paul is saying he'll just do it again if we 
take him with us, so I don't want to take him, him with us. And in verse 39 it says, The contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder from one another, and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. So, the first thing I want to say about this is, even though God is going to work out a plan here, in that he's going to give Paul Silas as a partner, this is not a justification for disharmony among brethren. We are told in the Psalms, brethren, um, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity, and surely that is something that Paul himself would talk about on numerous occasions. He said this to um, Syntyche and Yodius, or the two women in Philippians, and um, he talked about having a clear conscience before God and man. So clearly he knew the importance of having the appropriate relationships with others. Um, so we need to make sure that we um, realize that we are all one in Christ and that Christ is most important and not our own personal feelings and beliefs. And I think that, that one of the things that is encouraging about the Bible for us is that the Bible is just about normal people. Paul is considered one of the greatest church fathers ever, and yet we see this chink in his armor, if you will, and to me it doesn't diminish him. It just shows uh, that his humanity was real and as he's talking to the churches about his his frailties, remember in Romans he says, the things that I would not do, those things I do, and the things that I, that I should do, those things I do not do. That was a very real struggle for him, and so we can really identify with that, um, being imperfect people. Um, I found this interesting story from church history and it goes like this although George Whitfield disagreed with John Wesley on some theological matters he was careful not to create problems in public that could be used to hinder their ministries when Someone asked Whitfield if he thought he would see Wesley in heaven. Whitfield replies, I fear not, for he will be so near the eternal throne, and we at such a distance we shall hardly get sight of him. And that was from Warren Wearsby's book, Handbook of Preaching and Preachers. And so his his point was that, you know, I, I, uh, I disagree with... Wesley on these things, but he is, um, he was esteeming Wesley better than himself, um, because he knew, he saw Wesley's work as, uh, better than the work that he was doing, and that is something that the Bible tells us to do, is to esteem others better than ourselves. Okay, let's look at uh, point two, 
which is a swift departure, Acts 15, 40, and 41. Uh, Acts 15, 40, and 41 reads, And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. So Paul chooses Silas, and they go on this missionary journey, and they are visiting these churches to encourage them in the things which they knew they were already doing. Paul was an excellent uh, proponent and user of discipleship. So often in our modern understanding of evangelism, we think that the main thing to do is to share the gospel, and the gospel is important, but we also need to evangel. we also need to disciple the people that we come in contact with, and make sure that they are grounded in the word of God. What did Paul say in, in Colossians chapter 2? He said that you should be rooted and grounded in Christ. Uh, when people, when people said, um, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, Paul said, uh, it's not, that is not appropriate. The important thing is that we are all of Christ. And, um, so I, I think it's really interesting how God is using this to, um, bring Silas into, um, the ministry here. And so he does work out his will. Uh, God's will will always be worked out. It will not be thwarted, um, even when we do foolish things. I, I am reminded of the proverb that says, Man plans his way, and the Lord directs his steps. Um, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, if someone could read that. Ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. So, Paul is is echoing what we've just been talking about, that the sufficiency that he had to do the things that he was doing were, were, was not of himself. Remember, he, if he basically goes through in Philippians and says, if anybody has the opportunity to brag, if anybody has anything to brag about, it's me, but I count it all loss that I might gain Jesus Christ. And so, I, I think it's important for us to realize that whatever endeavor we are undertaking, uh, it's all about Jesus, and not about ourselves, and not about our own notoriety. The, John the Baptist said, when Jesus and his disciples started baptizing more followers than him, his disciples came to him and said, Jesus' disciples are baptizing more than us. And, and John said, I'm just the friend of the bridegroom. I must decrease and he must increase. And that was John's goal, was to continue to proclaim Jesus as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world.
even though it meant very directly that um, he would lose, so to speak, followers. So, very important for us to remember and realize. When Hudson Taylor was director of the China Inland Mission, he often interviewed candidates for the mission field. On one occasion, he met with a group of applicants to determine their motivations for service. And why do you wish to go as a foreign missionary, he asked one. I want to go because Christ has commanded us to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, was the reply. Another said, I want to go because millions are perishing without Christ. Others gave different answers. Then Hudson Taylor said, All of these motives, however good, will fail you in times of testing trials, tribulations, and possible death. There is but one motive that will sustain you in trial and testing, namely, the love of Christ. And so as we go through um, testings and trials of life, and we think about the things that God has tasked us to do, the thing that we need to remember is the fact that we should be motivated um, by the love of Christ. Um, and Paul, Paul said, knowing the terror of God, we persuade men. Why? Because he knew that the love of God was manifested on the cross, but also that the terror of God would come upon anyone who did not accept the love of God from the cross. So this is an this was an important thing for us to remember. Alright, so for our final point this morning, we will be looking at the first five verses of Acts chapter 16, and it reads as such, They came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish, and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him Paul would have go forth with him, and took and circumcised him, because of the Jews, which were in the quarters, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and the elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in numbers daily. So we have a situation here where as they're coming into Derby and Lystra, they hear about this man, Timothy. And his mother was a Jew, and his father was a Greek. And um, so uh, we see that his mother was a believer. We know that Paul would later say um, that you have a great legacy of godliness from your grandmother Eunice and your mother Lois. And uh, so we know that there was a legacy of godliness there at least from his mother's side of the family. And then we read this, um, 
that he was well reported by the brethren. So, Paul didn't just see this guy and say, he appears to be godly, he appears to be a good person to take along with me. He heard reports from others. And what a wonderful thing it is when we hear reports from other saints of the of the amount of godliness and dedication to the things of the Lord that someone has. That's a wonderful thing. And then we see this interesting uh, verse in verse 3 where Paul takes and has Timothy circumcised. And on the face of things, we might be wondering why, because he already established in chapter 15 that circumcision is not necessary for salvation. But this is not a situation where uh, Paul is saying he needs to do this for salvation. The situation is thus, that um, Timothy was part Jewish, but also part Greek, and if, as they were traveling in different circles, it was important for circumcision to not be a stumbling block to the people that they came in contact with. So he circumcised Timothy so that he could um, be, as he would write in one passage, all things to all people that in any way I may save some. And then we see that they went through the cities and delivered the decrees. I'm assuming this count, this is in reference to the letter that was written in uh, Acts chapter 15, and um, encouraged them to keep um, uh, the things that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were in Jerusalem. And then it says, as it does so many times in the book of Acts. Um, and that the churches were established, and that they grew, they increased in number daily. And that is really an evidence throughout Paul's ministry that he was doing what God called him to do, was that there was growth everywhere he went. And he would say that he was... He was innocent of man's blood because he spoke um, the gospel whenever he was given uh, the opportunity. Now, uh, that's a convicting thing to me because I know that I have not always done that, but I also know that God is faithful. And um, so I really um, appreciate this passage today. And um, as we think about the fact that God can take um, the imperfection of, of mankind and still work out his plan, uh, it's just encouraging. And through all the ups and downs of life and the, the things that happen that we are not at all prepared for, we can know and believe that God is still in control and be grateful for that. So, um, 
I thank you for uh, allowing me to share with you today, and uh, I'm just going to close in prayer, and uh, I would encourage you to continue to live each day um, with uh, God's will in mind, and that 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 you would realize that our sufficiency is truly in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's one thing that you notice throughout this whole passage, is that as even as Paul is splitting away from Barnabas and um, going with Silas on this journey, it still says that he was commended by the grace of God. He did not go empty-handed, and we do not need to go empty-handed either. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this time that we've had to share it with one another, and I just pray that you would um, make your word very real to us in this season of life, where we know that this month we celebrate the the fact that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we are so thankful that He condescended to become one of us, to redeem us um, at the appointed time. Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with uh, each person um, in the Holland Gospel Chapel Assembly and the surrounding assemblies. Um, throughout West Michigan, Lord, that you would just give health and strength where needed, that you would give a discernment and wisdom where needed. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.